0: welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at at amazinglove at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to amazinglove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you. May he guide you. May he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. and welcome to Amazing Love. And um, everyone doing all right today? Doing okay? Head nods, okay? And, uh, you know, I, I just hope we have some fun today. In fact, I dream of church being a place where we have our best emotions, our, our highest form of happiness, That the best times, I believe, should be here. If it's true that we have a Savior, if it's true that we're more than conquerors, if it's true we live eternally with a Savior, let's have a good time. And uh, before we do that, uh, we want to kind of recap, if that's Okay. We're in a series called Starting Point, and maybe there's some who are just joining us. I wanted to catch us up a little bit. And the idea or the premise is that sometimes we have a hard time transitioning from a childhood pure faith that says, "I, I hear it, I believe it, to an adult faith, a mature faith. Because along the way, you might have had experiences or you might have doubts that have clouded the clarity of your childlike faith. So we've been taking a look. uh, We've been hitting the reset button, taking a look for the first time at who God is. First week we, we heard the sermon from the stars. We we saw the galaxies in the expanse, and we learned that God exists, and God love God love it goes as far as those galaxies go far. Last week we wondered, okay, God loves, but can He love me? Because I'm a sinner. What do I do with sin? And we talked about Matthew, and Matthew was a sinner, and Matthew was called by God. So yes, God must also make room for us who are sinners. Well, today is about transitioning. Today is about um, transitioning what we know in our head to be true to get it to where we have it here in our hearts. How do we take the information that we, we hear and, and, and receive it in our hearts? That's what we want to talk about. And so the subject I want to start off this morning with are the things that I'd like to believe are true. The things that I'd like to believe are true or will happen. Let me give you an example. One of the things that I think would be great to happen is this. And I can see it, you know. Um, They got Hayward and they got Madden and, you know, uh, it it could happen. Or we're in the midst of a presidential uh, campaign and elections are 2016, right? And so maybe this is what you think. Blank will win the presidential race. And you can see it and you're hope for it, and you go vote. And and maybe because you're sick of campaigning, you're thinking right now, I hope they bow out. You know, this is getting ridiculous. Please stop. Anyway, I'm not saying who that is. You can vote for whatever. But anyway, maybe I'm hoping someone will get, you know. Or or, or if you're a Christian, you know, Christians sometimes wonder about heaven. At least I love to consume myself with heaven. Talk about a party god. He wants to party with us for an eternity. Anyway, um, so in heaven, where will there be? Uh, will there be donuts? I think so. Uh, Will there be dogs? Will there be cats? Some of you want no cats, you know, I understand. Will there be mountains? Will there be rivers, skyscrapers, you know? And what does it take uh, for you to believe in the things you hope for, for you to to believe in the things that you don't see yet? It's the discussion and the word that we're talking about today. What it will take, what you need is faith. Faith is what allows me to uh, see Hayward with a ring on when a Cubs jersey on, you know? And faith enables me to see, you know, whoever that person is standing giving the inauguration speech and going from there. And faith uh, gets me to see that heaven is real even though I've never been to heaven. And maybe there are some who even say, you know what, pastor, I would love to believe that I'm forgiven. I would love to believe all the promises of God that I'm his child, that heaven is mine, that I am more than a conqueror. But I have a hard time, Pastor, transitioning from what's in here to what's in here? And what you need, what I need, is faith. Is faith. Simple definition of faith is this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And the real exercise then for today, if, if it's this certainty, this hope, the, we believe what Jesus says is true, is how do I get faith? How do I get faith? That's really the discussion for today and where we want to go. Are you ready for that discussion? How do we get faith? You with me? Okay. We're going to turn to God's Word. And uh, in Ephesians 2, what we have before you is something that is beautifully rich and beautifully simple. It's like John 3.16. It's beautifully rich. If you understand these words, you'll understand how you are by nature. You'll understand how you are saved. You'll understand where faith falls in. You'll even understand your purpose on this earth. All those things in in a beautifully simple section, 10 verses gives you all those things. Are you ready to get into it? Uh, So let's read from Ephesians chapter 2. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That is a reference to the devil, by the way And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, and I need some help with this next, through, through, through faith, and this not from yourselves. All of these wonderful realities come through faith, not from yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And the add-on, this is your purpose, this is why you're here. We are God's handiwork or craftsmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So much there, but what we couldn't um, get past was through faith, the importance of faith. Let's consider a water illustration. Any of you uh, have water towers that you can see from your house? drive by some water towers. How does water from a water tower get into your faucet so you can shave your face? How does it go from there to the faucet? Does anyone know? You need plumbing. Plumbing is what takes it from there to there, right? And, and then you do all those things and you wash your face and it's all really good. And, and so let's, let's imagine a different illustration here today. Let's say this water reservoir is actually a reservoir for all of God's riches, all of his beautiful promises that you're forgiven, heaven's yours, he's going to guide you on this earth, he's going to work everything for your good. All of that is there. Let's say this is our heart. Let's say that is our heart. And, and how does what God's riches come to our hearts? It is through faith. Faith faith is this receiving thing some have said believing is just receiving faith is like an open hand faith is the plumbing so to speak faith is what transitions the realities of god into our hearts and so we are not saved by faith we're saved by the object of our faith but faith is necessary don't you see a lot of theology right there we're saved by the object of our faith which is the cross which is jesus which is everything but it comes to us we receive it through the plumbing of faith but we still haven't covered. We understand the understanding of why we need faith. How do we get it? That's, that's where we're going, right? Today, how do I get faith? I want to believe. And this has, uh, I think, if, especially if you're not a Christian, this is important for you. Um, because maybe you've heard of Jesus and you want to believe, you know, He's a Savior. But, but maybe there are some Christians in the room. This is how it speaks to you today. Have there ever been promises of God that you struggle believing? Have there ever been claims in the Bible that you kind of question? This lesson will answer those concerns as well of how you can not only have saving faith but a stronger faith, so bear with me, okay? And to continue our discussion, I want to talk about giving life to dead things, giving life to inanimate objects. Um, (laughs) I was watching a movie preview and I saw a new movie coming out that was was just ridiculous. Are you ready for this? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. (laughs) Pride and Prejudice. We are a culture that loves to give uh, life to dead things. Let let me give you another example. Um, Another example, like, why do you got a bear up there? Well, this is why. Uh, Meet Dustin Bear. Uh, Dustin Bear, I didn't name him, by the way. That'd be weird, right? (laughs) 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 Dustin Bear was given uh, Valentine's 2015 and named by my wife. And uh, Dustin Bear, unfortunately, is not doing so well. Um, If I look at Dustin Bear, he's got a big rip right here and he's got another rip right there and I'm not sure if our cat just likes to chew on him or what's going on but Dustin bear isn't doing so well and so because we have a lot of stuffed animals and maybe the purpose of Dustin bear was already given um, maybe we could you know send Dustin bear on his merry little way somewhere else that was my thought that was my thought anyway but the response I heard is that we don't want to do this to Dustin bear and get this we might hurt his feelings stop picking my wife. Uh, maybe you've been to a store called Build-A-Bear. This takes giving life to inanimate objects to an old other level, right? I, I took Nadia to Build-A-Bear. She had some birthday cash. And so what do you do at Build-A-Bear? You, you, you give it a heart, right? You put the heart in there and then you give it some sound and then you see whether you want it to be firm bear or soft bear. Um, you, you wash the bear, you know, you, you give the bear a birth certificate. If you want to spend $5,000, for $5,000 you can clothe your bear. It's crazy, you know, and, and uh, so we have naked bears, but anyway, uh, if you want them, they're just $5,000 for this bear. And so you have this whole experience, there's my Nadia with Elsa Bear, of, of giving life to, to different bears. And, and if all of our stuffed animals are really alive, we have reason to be paranoid, my friends. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but when it comes to our household, if they would ever rise up, we'd be toast. Like, we outnumbered, like, 500 to 1. I mean, stuffed animals, I mean, and, and I don't know who to blame, but um, Toy Story? Come on. We give life to inanimate objects. We give life to things that, by definition, have no life. Well, track with me here. What we need to know about what God is saying to us today is that just as you cannot give life to this bear, sorry, Dustin, bear, or that bear, sorry, um, is, is you cannot give life to your faith. It is something you are unable to do. You cannot choose to come to life. For look at what verse 1 says. What does verse 1 say? As for you, you were blank. You were what? You were dead. You know what dead things are? They're dead. (laughs) Dead things are dead and by definition have no life in them. They can do nothing. Um, They're dead. God says you are dead when it comes to faith. And so the first point you need to know is this. is that I have the inability to produce faith. That when it comes to what we need today, I can't do it. You can't do it. And this is further confirmed by other portions of Scripture. Read Romans and Paul writes about how God calls some people in Romans in chapter 9 and it talks about God's sovereign choice and it's kind of humbling. God says, I'll have mercy on who I want to have mercy on and I choose. But, but then, then Paul says this about God's choice in calling people to faith. He, he said, so there it does not depend on human desire or effort. John, a disciple of Jesus, was walking with and John was talking about being reborn, having spiritual life. And John, he wrote this through the inspiration of God. He said, when you're born again, you're born out of natural descent. And get this, not by a human decision or your will. What we see throughout scripture, if faith is something that I need, I can't produce it in and of myself. I am a dead thing. I am dust and bare. I don't have life as much as I'd like to imagine I have life. What well, implications of this? Let me talk about one implication of this. One implication of my inability. Um, <clears throat> tangent, I had a chance to go to MLC this past week. Martin Luther College is where I went to college to become a pastor. Um, it's also where we train our teachers. If you want to give your life and serve the Lord this way, it's an awesome thing. Awesome, awesome thing. And, uh, and I had a chance to talk to some juniors. And uh, here I am, here's a, a junior class and talking about spiritual, emotional, and physical strength, um, and, and I was talking to them, trying to encourage them um, that when they get out, you need to know what you can control and what you cannot control. Have you guys experienced that too? Have you ever had, had to, to tell yourself, this is what I can control and this is what I can't control? And, and I did a riff on the serenity prayer, you know, the serenity prayer kind of about that. So this was my riff, that the recipe for crazy is concerning yourself with what you cannot control, right? Uh, Young teachers, you know, as you go out and you think like you can shape every child that you interact with, you you can't choose what they do. You you can try a little behavior modification, here's a tootsie roll, great job, but you can't choose exactly what they do. There's a lot that you cannot control. Young pastors, you can't control what's going to go on. You can't control uh, how people are going to react to the word. You can't control whether someone believes or is converted. That's not up for you to control. How does this relate to you? I hope there are people in your life that you want to come to faith. I hope the Lord puts burdens on your heart so that you can't imagine another existence where where they're not believing in Jesus. But let me, as you get that burden, let, let me tell you this. You can't control their conversion. You can't control their faith life that's true of your children, that's true of everyone around you, that's true of the people that you're praying for, and please pray for them and, and think of them and, and desire for them, but, but you need to know up front, you can't control whether they come to faith. Clarity. Clarity. And so then, who is in control? If we are not in control, well, then the answer's pretty obvious, isn't it? Uh, verse 4, look, look at what verse 4 says. Um, it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, he makes us alive. God makes you alive. God is the one who does this. And so this is the big thing about faith, is that faith is dependent on God's power, not my power. God's choice, not my choice. And this was further confirmed in those other passages that I shared with you in Romans. Look how it ends. It doesn't depend on your desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Look at this one. Uh, born not of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Which, if we have faith today, if you know Jesus as Savior today, you should praise God. You should thank God because you couldn't control that. And if you're looking for an increase of faith, you should also look to God. But this is humbling, isn't it? Like, I don't know about you, but I like to be in control. I like to be in the driver's seat. I like to make the decisions myself. Right? You know? So what do we do with this? If faith is necessary and we want people to have faith, Pastor, are you saying that I can't do anything and we're all hope is lost? Like, why are we even gathered here? Why are we talking about this if I can't do anything? Well, even though you can't produce faith, there is something that you and I can do. I believe that with all my heart. There is something you and I can do. And to talk about this next principle, I want to talk about something I call uh, the relationship rub. Relationship rub. Have you ever noticed the people you spend time with have a tendency to rub off on you? For example, you pick up some of their mannerisms. You pick up some of their tastes, some of their language. This is extremely apparent when kids come home from a friend's house. And a child says a word that wasn't in the house before and I didn't teach you that word and when I was growing up I got threatened with washing your mouth out with soap and that's what we did, right? Because that word was not in this house before, it was picked up from and we know, right? And I remember I had a stage where I really got into comic books and it wasn't because I really like comic books but my, I had my friend named Ryan. Ryan loved comic books. If you're going to be a friend with Ryan, you've got to like comic books. It's all he talks about. So I love comic books because Ryan likes top comic books. Lately I've been influenced. Um, And I'm not sure when I pick this up, but I am saying one word all the time. And I'm not sure who to blame or how and when, but I am saying absolutely, absolutely all the time. Can anyone relate with me? That was your chance to say absolutely. Yep, yep, thank you. Yep. <laughs> and that's how it works, right? You know? Absolutely. You know? and, and so what we realize is that the more we spend time with people, the more they rub off on us. In fact, one businessman named Jim Ron he had this to say. He said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So pick who you spend time with wisely because they're going to rub off on you. If we want to have faith in Jesus, I told you it's about God, but is there something we can do? Well, yes. Spend time with Jesus. That's that's Spend time with Jesus. Uh, Date Him, hang out with Him, whatever you call it. Just, Just spend time with Him until eventually maybe His perspective will be your perspective. Maybe His language will be your language. Maybe His understanding will be your understanding. You can't control your faith, but you can choose whether or not to spend time with Jesus, can't you? And so what I encourage is to spend time with him. And, and, and some of you might be wondering, well, Jesus, I, uh, you know, or pastor, I, I can't call up Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, want to go play Dave and Busters? And I got the coupon for the 20 free play. Like, how do I spend time with Jesus uh, if Jesus is not a person? Or w- what do I do? We need to understand who Jesus is, okay? And that will affect how we spend time. So look at this passage describing Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus. How do I spend time with Jesus? I spend time in his Word. And we're a culture that, that, that loves to do this. Anyone else love to get wrapped up in a story, a movie, or a book? Like, that's why I go to see movies. I am a huge movie buff because I love to escape. I'm a fan of escapism. Because for a few brief hours, I'm no longer a pastor. I'm no longer a father, a responsible adult. No, for a few brief hours in the movie theater, I'm Spider-Man, baby. You know? And I'm Han Solo until that well, anyway. Um, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm Batman, or am I Superman? I don't know. We'll see who wins. But anyway, you know what it is? And, and the, the fun of watching a movie is getting so wrapped up in it that you lose yourself, and you are the lead character, right? And, and it's about your life and your experience. Well, this is how we, we increase our faith. It is, it is getting consumed by a story. Get so wrapped up in the story that, that when Jesus came, he came for you. That when Jesus died, he died for you. That, 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 when, that when he rose, you're going to rise and that as he reigns, you too shall reign. Because when I was reading this this past week, there was something that really struck me and stood out. It was a simple word that in English is translated with. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. It says, you are made alive, there it is, With Christ. What? That's crazy! You're telling me as God makes me alive, I'm a made alive just like Jesus was. That's that's incredible. But it doesn't stop there. Look also what it says in verse uh, six. God raised us up. Do you see it again? With Christ. So, Pastor, let me get this straight. Are you telling me that as Jesus rose, I'm gonna? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm inviting you to see yourself in Jesus' story and have that story paralleled. I'm inviting you to enter into that story that when Jesus died, I died. When he rose, I rose. And when he reigns, I will reign. That's what the last one says. It says, uh, verse 6, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. That's incredible. So so Jesus is at the right hand reigning, and I'm going to reign with him. Get so lost in the story that you see yourself as lead with Jesus. What happens to him? What happens to me? In fact, I invite you, if you're comfortable, to confess some phrases with me. Are you ready? Let's just make this story our own. So let's confess some realities. Getting consumed by his story, I invite you to say this. As Jesus died, so I was dead. Say it with me. As Jesus died, so I was dead. And then get this. Say it with me. As he was made alive, so I'm alive today. Through faith, because of the Holy Spirit. As he rose, so I will rise. The words of Chris Tomlin in a beautiful song. I will rise. It's a matter of time. And as he reigns, so I will reign with him. Great job. All of the realities of Jesus' story, they're my reality. If I would just be consumed by that story. If I would never get so far away from it that I say that's old news or that's boring or that is something yesterday. But no, hear it, read it, learn it so much that it just becomes a part of you. That all those realities are yours in him. So if all this is true, and we spend our time with Jesus and faith is produced. Uh, look, look at this passage. It says how faith comes. Faith comes from hearing the message, being consumed by the story, and the, the, the message is heard through the word of Christ. All of this is true. Um, I think it has implications on our mission church and what we can do. There are many gathered here who want to reach those who don't know Jesus. Am I right? I know there are because I've talked to you. And we share a dream to see many people who don't know Jesus come to faith in him here. And what can we do? Well, one thing, we can't control their conversion, can we? And and that's good because if they were converted, we'd take credit for it. Can we take credit for it? No, we can't. But what can we do? We can share that word, can't we? We can put sermons online and we can make them the best that we can possibly make them so that when we share that word, it goes all throughout the world and we can link people to that word and maybe that word will affect some hearts and lives. You know what else we can do? We can invite them to this place. Because I don't know if you noticed, but the word is shared here every Sunday. Isn't that true? The word is always here. We can also share the word by confessing our own faith, if you're able, to, by confessing what Jesus means to you. I consider um, what we can do through uh, experience I had recently. Um, recently, I had a chance to fly on an airplane. Love flying, kind of cool. And what I love is meeting people, and so uh, I'm always like, who am I going to sit by? You know? And I had a chance to meet this guy named Marshall, young man um, from Florida. And uh, I start a conversation. I say, hey, Marshall, why are you traveling? Simple enough. I'm going to a funeral, okay? Funeral. I'm a pastor. Do I have a way in if he's going to a funeral and I'm a pastor? I think I do. Think a little bit. <clears throat> have a Bible with me. And I got a new Bible. It was a really cool new Bible because I get to highlight it. And I, I like getting new Bibles because my old highlights aren't there. And so I get to highlight it afresh and then, you know, put margin things. And it was really cool in my new Bible. Anyway, so I was reading my new Bible. And, and Marshall here, he's going to a funeral. And I'm reading this Bible, and I come across this phrase. And it just strikes me. And Marshall's there. And it's, it's a phrase that says, the riches of his glorious inheritance. And when God says what he's got for us, it's the riches of a glorious inheritance. And then I think, Marshall, I'm, man, I can't escape. I wonder, how, how can I share to Marshall? And I say, Marshall, is the funeral going to be held at a church? Try to transition, right, you know? Well, no, no, I stay at a house. And Marshall, you a Christian, may I ask? And no, no. So then I open my big mouth. And I'm like, what can he do? He can punch me in the face, but he can't leave, right? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready for Marshall to punch me in the face because he's a quiet dude. and He's not saying much. But anyway, I'm going to say, hey, hey, I'm just reading something. And I want you to know, Marshall, this is... Uh, What I believe uh, we can hope for, um, because I am a Christian, and I showed him the phrase, "the riches of His glorious inheritance," and he didn't punch me in the face. (laughs) And so it gives boldness to go on, and and he's still listening. And so, so I um, I share with him the bridge, and I share that we're separated from God, and then you know God came to us, and, and the cross is the bridge, and when we hear His word, we can we can cross over and. I'm not sure what's happening in Marshall's heart. I, I, I don't hear like you know. Okay, now I believe or anything like that. I don't know. But I'm still on the plane with Marshall, and I shared the bridge and did all that, and I'm reading my Bible, and I have this thought. Maybe the fresh new Bible wasn't for me, but for Marshall. So I do my final thing, and I say, "Hey, Marshall, uh, this might seem weird, but can I give you a Bible?" He says, "Yes." I point out John 11 where the Lazarus is raised. and I point out 1 Corinthians 15. That would be a good chapter all about the resurrection. And I point out the, the, the gospel of John and Psalms and Proverbs. You want to be wise. And I don't know what Marshall thought of what he received, but, but from my standpoint, I gave him everything I knew how to give. Because while I couldn't change his heart and mind, I could set up an opportunity for him to spend time with Jesus, couldn't I? I could share the word. And, and, and I tell this story not so that you think pastor's super pious because I am a coward. And this is the rarity of my life, by the way. I am a coward. But can we do this? can Fellow cowards, are you with me? Can we share the Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. And it's simple. I can't convert people, but I can give them Bibles and I can share my story and I can share the bridge and God might use that so that others see how awesome he is. So that others experience what we've experienced and what will they find when they spend time with Jesus? I think they'll find what it says in verse 4. Verse 4, the, 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 the passage that says, God who is rich. I love to consider that God is rich. Rich and maybe you've had an experience where you met someone who is generous or you've been blown away by generosity to the point where you don't know what to say or, you know, thank you doesn't seem enough, but what you need to know is that was a picture of God. That when people look at God, they're going to have the same experience. Maybe monetarily, but primarily when it comes to his grace. Primarily when it when you come to his mercy, primarily to know that you are forgiven and redeemed, all because God was rich. So dear friends, let's take the water from the water tower and put it in our own hearts by spending time with Jesus. Let's encourage others to hang out with Jesus and do the same and may God so then increase our faith. Let me pray for you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, this word first has to work in my own heart. Uh, So increase my faith today as I'm here in your house hearing about you. Increase my faith. And then let me see all those who, who don't know you and don't know how rich and generous and good you are. And use me to connect them. Use me so that others might spend time with you. So that your kingdom may come. So that many people might see your greatness. I pray this all in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.